0: We're going to continue doing our talking to kids bit. And we're going to talk today about kind of churchy, worshipy things. Mm -hmm. that makes sense? Uh, The things that happened this morning, basically. How do we communicate some of those? What's a church? What's worship? And then we talked about baptism last week, so it seems like a good time. Go ahead and say, what are we telling our kids about communion? these aren't too tough. Uh, these are relatively easy compared to some of our other conversations. But it's it's good to go ahead and chat about it. What's a good uh, child ease translation for the word church? What is, what is a church? Body of, a what? body of believers. A body of believers. Group. A team. I I don't know if yes, you're correct. I don't know if body. Yeah translates to the littlest ones like for lucas i would say body believers at work i think if i said body of something to calvin you would think person. body form like he's before. so literal yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like i can't use human Very words well, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah i mean that, i think <laughs> that's that's good biblical language of a body of believers yeah what else you got friends god's like team. god's team yeah friends that friends yeah friends. Okay. i mean, Family and friends. We kind of yeah. do that. Something about God's God. people, God's family. Um, we wanna you don't have to be a crazy person and be all like, it's not the building and it's not the but it's not the building it's right. not the first Or I remember somebody correcting me about you can't go to church is people—you can't go to church. It's like, Well, I go to church every Sunday. I don't know, you're wrong. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. The word means more than one thing, but yeah, in some grand sense, it's it's the people. That's that's the emphasis that we want to make, and family's going to be a good word for that. What about worship? What is worship? Celebrating God, singing, learning. I mean, to them, like to my, you know, to my four and seven, it's singing about yep. God, learning about God, you know. God. Mm-hmm. Singing, learning, what was yours? Celebrating celebrating. We've had many a conversation with my kids, like especially on the way to our homeschool co-op and back, because it's for us it's been a distance for the last six, seven years. But um like singing songs in the car to and from, you know, they're like, are we worshiping? I'm like, Well, yeah. I mean we're yeah, we're singing about God's praying. Yeah. stuff yeah I, would consider that. yeah I I think it's let me put my words up there and then on uh, celebrating telling God how much we love him in different ways like that's that's definitely the point of it which means then that could be done in a variety of contexts it is worthwhile Ben's point of view to emphasize that there is something special that happens when we get together with God's family on a Sunday morning and do it so it's, it's, a, it's a hard one to, I know so many people that will not participate in church in any way and say, well, I worship all the time. I worship in the car. And it's like, That's great as a supplement to what you do with your church family. But there is something special that happens when you're with family. It's like skipping all your family meals and saying, well, I had a snack in the car. Well, mm-hmm. We don't just get together to eat. It's to actually see each other And because something special happens when we eat together. And in the same way, Worship. There's a lot of things in worship you could do by yourself, but not really supposed to. Like you're supposed to be doing it with other people. It's better. So uh, somehow, I don't know how you want to communicate that. Um, it's a tough one. We're like Roman Catholic thought on the Mass makes it so formalized and so special that it can't take place anywhere else. And then the opposite extreme is you don't even need it. It's like oh, somewhere in between there, it's a useful, good thing that I want. And also I mimic in other parts of my life. And then what do you tell these kids about communion? And has it changed in the last mm-hmm. two or three years? Mm-hmm. Communion got weird in COVID. Mm-hmm. I know, um, whenever we were in Delaware doing it online, yeah, really. <clears throat> I'd always make, get up on Sunday morning and make the communion bread. And so, it just was easier because the way that the recipe was, everybody got one, yeah. including the ones that haven't been baptized. And so then there came that conversation about, whenever we went back to church, why can't oh. I have it now? Put a pin in that. We're gonna, that's the next slide. We're going to yeah. chat about that one because I think parents a lot of times have that question. And definitely at home, it was Did like, oh well, yeah, of course you can take it. I mean, why, why would I not? And then. Well now what? I had to think about it, but back to that. Yeah, like I remember my aunt, she would take like the whole cracker out and she would take hers and then she'd like, give her kids some and like pass them down the pew. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. I don't know that this mm-hmm. is right. But I, and I grew up, um, I was going to come as a little kid. I remember the thing to do was to help the little lady carry all the trays back to the kitchen so you could get some. Mm-hmm. And we would, <laughs> so as I got older, yeah. I'm like, Where's the change? That's how salvation yeah. works. You have to help yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little old lady. Yeah. Get a piece of it. I actually convinced the guy at church. I was like, so you won't let me drink it if you said it's the blood of Christ and you are pouring it down the drain? Wouldn't it be better for me to drink it? So communion, we're going to say something about remembering the story of Jesus' death. Um, a couple okay. of points. Remember by acting out. Uh, in the ancient world and in the medieval world and in every world until like now, remembering was not something you just did in your head. Like when I say remember, remember something, you tilt your head back and look up and try to like call this memory out of your neurons and, and figure out what happened. For an ancient person, the word memory would be something you would reenact. Is You remember something by reenacting it. So if you look at the Old Testament, it's full of these little celebrations like Passover and stuff. how do you remember the Sabbath? Well, you practice Sabbath. How do you remember Passover? Well, you you reenacted the Passover. And so communion is one of those things where you're you're not just like tilting your head back and thinking really hard, although that's kind of what we turn it into sometimes. It's supposed to be a reenactment of body, blood, and this is how we tell this story every time. Um, Also, probably, Ben's two cents, um, because there's death in it, we tend to make it Mm funeral-like um i it is a very sad thing that happened and also the best thing that ever happened and he didn't stay dead so it's okay to i don't think you have to pick it's okay for me when somebody gets up and gives a communion talk and i'm crying and i'm thinking about jesus died and it was terrible and that's what i'm thinking about and it's also okay when somebody gets up and is excited about the glory of the gospel and and I take communion feeling good, right? I mean, both of those yeah. are, I don't think um, I have to pick. I know a young youth minister who got in trouble one time for doing a communion talk where he told everyone to like, be happy while you take communion. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, that's the best thing that ever happened. It's kind of something to be happy about. So as I mean, far as tone. It's exciting, something to look forward to. I mean, you yeah. 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 uh, know. We probably stress the reverence of it a lot, which, good. Um, just be careful that it doesn't become this monastic exercise where we're you know, like thinking about death really hard. You know, it's a little what different does the event. term reverence actually mean, though? Yeah, reverence in the sense of treat something as it ought to be treated, which, in this case, doesn't necessarily mean quietly and awkward. Like it would be irreverent to treat a happy thing sadly. That mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's be an inappropriate response to the greatness of that event. Uh, seems like you might be happy. Would could be a a reverent response, right? Exactly. And so I think we've taken reverence to mean sit quietly because that's the fight we're usually having with our kids, right? Literally. 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 Like we're saying, sit down and be quiet a lot. So it comes to communion and we do say, sit down and be quiet. (laughs) This makes more sense. I'm trying to think. So. But that's the challenge, I think. Since yeah. we put the youth in front of the youth minister during that time, can we put the children in front of the children's minister? So <laughs> throw them all and say, here you go, take them. Yep. But, huh. you know, thinking it back to, like, the church that like, you grew up in, Julie, you know, I grew up in, you know, was there really many happy moments, though? I yeah, mean, maybe. honestly, well, it was quiet. Well, it was well, solemn, just mm-hmm. yeah. to yeah. the point, this is how we yeah. do it. Don't speak out of turn. Don't yeah. speak at all. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, we're talking in class right oh, now. Exactly. It's just don't talking class. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Yeah. I can announce outside. All the, the rules in the box. Yeah. But I mean, think. of, I mean, are we, yeah. yeah. Here's the oh part yeah. Part I mean, yeah. So, since uh, David has stepped out of the booth, uh, Susan and I have been working together with putting slides together and stuff. Which means one of us is picking out the song that plays in the background during communion. And so, I don't know if you've had this experience yet, Susan, but the first time I picked one, I was like, okay, I need like a really somber, sad, Jesus has died song. And then and I was thinking, I, I could pick a different one. So I did, you know, whatever it what, was what, this morning, Cornerstone or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I'm a little upbeat, still about yeah. Jesus, and that's okay, and, and no one died. So it's interesting, like, that you can set the tone in different ways with that. And I'm kind of excited about the idea of, of a Cheerful communion experience that we might could nudge in that direction from time to time. Not every time, just sometimes. Like be happy about it. With this Thank Thank to. Hey. I like the song. say I I'm right there with her. I like to sing it. To me, that that's worship, that's praise, and that's part of communion. Well, I think that's the funny part is like <laughs> that is the way we do it. I mean, you guys know it. the way we do it is not the way they would have done it. At, I mean, that's exactly. Not they were, like they would have been like together, talking, it'd be like a family dinner, you know? And so- So, during COVID, uh, I had this conversation with the elders, I don't know if Blake remembers, they were we're having the chat about like, what are the okay ways to do communion? And I'm like, at at the point we're no longer at a dinner table, that ship has sailed. I mean, we're not doing it the way they did it. So just, we'll figure it out, then it's gonna be okay. well, I've always well, wondered what the yeah. apostles thought as they're sitting there with Jesus. He's breaking the bread and giving it to him.
1: He hasn't risen. He hasn't
0: died. And he hasn't risen yet. And they have no clue what's going on. So what did they think about? Yeah. What did they contemplate? and talk? Because they're not having that understanding yet. Yeah. So it's just interesting. It, it seems to me that remembering is a more appropriate term than rehearsal. Okay. Um, for for children, they, they may see it as, and sometimes I do, as kind of motion only. Yeah. And if we try to emulate well the first century did it this way, it becomes a rehearsal which is not reverent. It it becomes more about uh our legalism and yeah. and uh, going through the motions and doing yeah. things right and or doing the right things instead of doing things right. Um yeah. so yeah, so it's not a rehearsal. Yeah. I think so. Let me say a uh, this is my one and only actual to the adults in the room slide. The rest will get back to kids. But I wanted to comment like, okay, what what are the doctrines of communion as traditionally held by Churches of Christ and or the Bible? Um, Churches of Christ have traditionally practiced what's called open communion, as opposed to the alternative is close communion. So Roman Catholic Church is close communion. When I visit the monastery, I'm a Protestant, they don't offer me communion. They'll bless me or say nice things to me, but they're not gonna offer me communion because I'm not one of them. And then if you get thrown out of the Catholic Church, they excommunicate, right? You're no longer, you're out of communion. So the close communion, or closed, sometimes mispronounced, pronounced, is is the, we take what's called open communion, which just means we're going to pass this out, and you take it, you take it, it's it's on you. We're not suggesting that every person in the room is a good person, not saying everybody in the room is a Christian, not saying everybody in the room is even a member of our church. Uh, We're just saying... Here you go. In fact, it's kind of the origin story of the Churches of Christ, oddly enough, at the Cane Ridge Revival in Kentucky. They're having this big meeting, and there's Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians, and they're all preaching, and it's like this great big thing. People are hearing the gospel and believing, and then it comes Sunday, and the preachers that had been working together all week realize they can't serve communion to the other groups. The Baptists can only serve with the Baptists, the Presbyterians Baptist can only serve. And it was at that moment they said, this is really stupid. And a, a kind of unity movement was born out of that that said, if you're here and you're hearing the gospel, you should be offered communion and it shouldn't matter. And Churches of Christ, like, kind of launched out of that story. So we practice open communion in practice. There is no formal Bible teaching on the subject. You can read every page and you're never gonna find, and here's who gets to take communion. It's just not in there. It's a kind of a church custom of some kind. And in lieu of a doctrine, I would say, open makes more sense than closed. <laughs> uh, Traditionally, notice the T in tradition there. Traditionally, uh, only baptized persons take communion based on the idea that they take it worthily. This would be the closest thing you'll get in the Bible to a doctrine on the subject. It's First Corinthians 11 27 to 29, which says, He or she that eateth or drinketh unworthily uh, has not, you know, has profaned and can d- brought judgment on himself, and is, God's very angry at you um so that's that's the that is the way that that has been taught in our churches in the past um i'm fairly certain that has nothing to do with what paul says in that chapter um first of all it's worthily which is an adverb of matter not a noun so none of you are worthy to take the lord's supper all of you can take it worthily okay um <clears throat> I find it unlikely that it, there's any harm done to a child to spend a little extra time thinking about Jesus on a Sunday. That seems like the worst possible thing we could make them do, right? So, um, so I think I would I would simply say there is it is worthwhile to make it mean something, and so. <coughs> you could argue that if they start taking it from an early age, before they could possibly know what's going on, then it never means anything Anything. to them. Yeah, that's kind of awful. And that that is not an unreasonable point. Um, Again, in church history, recent church history, Roman Catholic church history, would be like you're baptized as an infant, you go through confirmation, and then you take uh, First Communion as kind of a coming-of-age event. And so in Church of Christ, we've kind of said, well, you know, when you're baptized, that's a good time to start taking communion. So I don't have anything against that. At the same time, during COVID, our kids are there, and there's four people in the room worshiping, and one of them's five. And it's like, okay, do I want him to learn to participate in some way or not? And you're like, yeah, i take it. And then we he came here, and it's was like, oh, now we're back at church. And Lucas was ready to go take communion again. I was like, so he and I had to talk about, it. do you get what this is about? Yeah, I said, if you feel like you can do it in a respectful way, I'm fine with that. And it's been interesting, some Sundays he won't. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a a self-judging that goes on, which I've just been curious to watch. It's Uh, probably more accurate. Probably more accurate. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's kind of interesting. I, I want to talk to him more about it. But all that to say, there isn't anything in Scripture one way or the other other than do it worthily, and then Paul does not express what that means. In the context, oddly enough, the unworthy thing they were doing was denying communion to people. The, the rich people were eating all the communion, and the poor people weren't getting any. And Paul says, this is unworthy. If you take it unworthily. And so denying people communion would be a, an unworthy thing. Uh, so using that verse to then say some people shouldn't take it, it kind of seems backwards. But that's, that's my lack of doctrine on that point it ends up being kind of up to you of how you best communicate it. But uh, if you talk to somebody with gray in their hair, it's me again, and a cardigan uh, from Churches of Christ, just expect them to assume that kids who haven't been baptized won't take communion. But if you remember? I mean, uh, I remember baptizing back- kids at Glenpool. I'd baptize the, somebody after the sermon, and then their parents would bring communion down to give them... After the worship service was over, because they hadn't taken it, you know, five minutes yeah. earlier when we all took it, and I was like, "This is an odd custom, but it was a thing that people did." I was like, "Okay, sure." Yeah. So you had your first communion by yourself in the front row after you were baptized, rather <laughs> than yeah. with all of us twenty minutes earlier when we, we took had your had confession. We had a family that saw Lucas take it and was, did we miss their baptism? No, mm, no, no. Just taste it. It was funny in Delaware. We had a Muslim student we were reaching out to, and. And uh, I remember the day he took communion in church. I thought some people were going to have a cow, but yeah. no one did, and yeah. provided a great opportunity to explain what it fully was and what he thought about it when he took it. Yeah. And I, I, see, yeah, I see it as a teaching point. I mean, yeah. I assume when the Jew, Jewish person took Passover, they invited non-Jewish people to take Passover, and then told them what it meant, <laughs> right? And that kind of seems like a good idea communion like yeah of course but you need to know why we're doing it mm-hmm. okay. we're not gonna it is important yeah it matters to us it's a big deal it matters. You know, yeah don't demean it so, yeah. okay having having those little cups be every sunday trust, to take it and want to like, like yeah you know like, <laughs> like don't drink it all <laughs> I'm like I just take me alone so for a second one day thing, she did get it from me and like yeah, and and go, mm, that's good, that's good. Yes. so She's loud a little lady i don't know who it was from across the church made her way over to me after church and she goes if only we all like said that after felt <laughs> <laughs> that like yeah. good about what we're doing okay. after and i was like yeah, that's a great it. <laughs> so let me very quickly, I think I've got about five minutes. That was the important part of the conversation, me you get through that. But let me in five minutes just give you some quick biblical metaphors that may or may not come up as you're explaining these topics. Pick them uh, as you see fit. Uh, We're talking about the church. Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, sister, and mother. That's Jesus talking. So I think church is like a family. It's great to talk about immediate and extended family. Uh, talk about how you're all different but all part of the same family. You know, we have unity, but not uniformity in a family. Uh, talk about family's past and its heritage. That, you know, Something that's handed down. It's, it's It didn't just start yesterday. There's something to it. Aren't these happy family pictures? Right so like, There's you! That's our <laughs> family. Uh, 200 years ago. Yeah. Um, a family shares together, works together, can't exist at a distance. Uh-huh. There are times when you don't see your family, and then you do, and you pick back up where you left off. Mm-hmm. Um, has a long past and has hopes for the future. You know, there's a lot of good family language there that I think you can, you can lean in. Uh, the baggage is whatever bad thing your kid has about family comes with it, and you've got to talk about that. So, you know, be a good family, uh, I guess. We, so it goes. Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, just do it right. Okay. Um, kingdom is another word that the Bible uses a lot for God's people. Uh, kingdom of the beloved Son, the holy nation, a people for his own possession uh so i this one's a little trickier, but I think you can talk about uh church as kind of like its own little kingdom um, what is a kingdom what is a nation what are what are countries what's a government what are what are laws you know this is when your kids having their civics discussion at some point you're like, do you get that what we think about the church is actually something like that it, it is a kingdom um the church is the place where Jesus is honored as king. That's, that's what that means to be a kingdom. The church is the people who follow King Jesus' laws and commands and try to live up to his standards. That means that's going to change the way I relate to any other country because I'm already part of one. right? I, I often use the metaphor that this is our embassy, and, and like you, you step on the church grounds and it's like, yeah, we're not in the United States anymore. You're an embassy. This is... A, foreign soil. God reigns here. and We're trying to carry that everywhere. And that's a challenge, but we do a lot of good if we could think in those terms. So that's why we shouldn't vote next week, next month, right? Oddly enough. Church of Christ Heritage, there was a lot of people who felt that way. like Strongly, David Lipscomb, Barton B. Stone, Stone. Like, I'm a member of the Kingdom of Heaven. I can't vote. I'm not, a, I'm not part of your country. I don't feel quite that strongly about it. But you, you get where they took it seriously, and you're like, wow, okay. As long as you vote right, just do the right thing. <laughs> uh, let's talk about worship. Uh, the church, uh, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. To him be glory in the church um, and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Um, this was a metaphor that's not convenient and no one ever likes it. But I think worship is, a, is a about reflection. That. God has put so much into our life, and we're trying to just shine some of that back. Uh, But God's glory is being reflected. His love is being reflected both into us and out into the world and back to him. That we're just little mirrors trying to show the world what God looks like and to show God what he's done for us. Like, Yeah, we noticed. Um, um, I think that one works at some level. Worship is a meeting place. God lives in heaven. We live on earth. Uh, the reason I say that worship together as a church matters is consistently in the Bible, um, we're taught that God meets us in worship. So God is everywhere. but He's like capital T there when his people get together and worship him. And the, the not to compare too strongly, but the theology of the temple in the Old Testament was like, you're walking into god's throne room and he's like heaven and earth overlap there and you're just in his presence well we don't have that kind of space and we shouldn't but in our worship we're saying something similar like god meets us here today we have a call to worship it's a summons like we've come to stand before god Um, the the tabernacle was called the the tent of assembly the place of meeting it was a place where you got together with god that's why we need to smoke machines so that the presence of the Lord drum cage. Oh. Dr- yeah. <laughs> and then what about communion? Um, I need to update my, my picture, right? I don't even know oh, what that is anymore. No. Um, <laughs> it's a relic. Communion, I was trying to think, is there anything in modern life where we have a meal that has story significance? Mm. Uh, we do have Thanksgiving coming up, right? It's a special meal. It's shared with family. It remembers a story. It's a repeated event. Like it has some of the trademark, obviously, perfect parallel. are really Indians and lots of the corn. And yeah, no, stop. But, but there's this idea of some, sharing something intergenerationally as a way to share an identity and a heritage and that you do it with food. <laughs> like you're participating in this in a meaningful way. Might be, it could be that Thanksgiving dinner is more like what communion was like than of what we do in communion. I don't know. I don't want to go too hard there, but um, I also thought about your kids do school <laughs> plays where they like go through the motion of like, hey, we're telling a story. To me, it, it's, it's a school play for grownups where it's like, and this is the body and this is the blood and our Lord died and this is the story and we're going to repeat it next week. And we're going to do it over and over and over and over again. But it's a way to help us remember. Uh, you, even, you even have lines. Like I give you a script, say these things, Anyway, so those are some ways to talk about it. None of them are perfect, but what uh, what kind of things have you said about church and worship that have been helpful or hurtful? Hmm. Heard some hurtful things. <laughs> yeah, cool. people, yeah. people being invited not to take part in communion because they weren't baptized in a church of Christ Aww. by Aww. The present elders. Aww. Uh, Aww. <laughs> but, yeah, so... It, if you're a visitor and the first thing you hear is you don't get to take part of this, yeah. where's the good in that? Yeah. That, you know, Yeah. We met somebody in a river and uh, sure. we were questioned.
1: It was, actually. It was very cold, too. But we were
0: questioned if it was appropriate because it wasn't in the Jordan. Yeah. I did like yeah. the people in Jordan. I think too. Yeah. So. The things we choose to care about. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. It's mad. Early in Church of Christ history, and it, they, they bought into open communion really early, mm-hmm. but it took them a long time. Uh, they, they were very concerned about who offered the communion. Yeah. That it might require an elder in your church to officially offer the communion. And so there are these letters written in the early history of Churches of Christ where they're arguing about it, like, hey, both of our elders were sick this Sunday. Can we even offer communion, or do we have to have an elder from another town ride his horse in and bless the communion? And, and then at some point you say, "Well, that's dumb," <laughs> and you actually get over it. But there were all these little caveats and traditions built into the practice because it is so traditional. I mean, it, there's a reason for that. It, it, it's a heritage thing, and so there are still people spazzing out that oh, yeah. we don't have a tray that we're passing out because, mm-hmm. like, that's the way Grandpa did it and that's the way Grandma did it. So we have churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of opinions attached to it, which I don't mind because again, that's what happens when you do something traditionally. It becomes traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just remember which ones are which is the big deal. Something in there really hugely matters, and I want to convey to my kids something in there not so much.